What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Ooh, welcome to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast, the only podcast against the Bronx Bomb than a weekday afternoon. Still the holiday season. We are back. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Oh boy, the Yoshinobu Yamamoto chase had some bumps, had some news drops, had some changes over the weekend. Sunday was a big one. Monday, poised to be more of the same. We will take you through what we know, what we think we know about the Yankees' pursuit, what changed over the weekend, if anything, and the latest news drop that just came through from Jeff Passan saying that the offers you've heard, not real. $300-plus million dollars? Eh, probably just some numbers floated by teams, nothing official. The offer stage is apparently beginning today, quote Jeff Passan. Um, you know, we've been waiting forever for the Yamamoto chase to actually heat up rather than just being rumor mill. According to Jeff, all the alleged $300 million bids for Yamamoto, that's inaccurate, sources tell ESPN. Teams have been asked not to discuss terms yet, but that could change today when bidding, sources said, is expected to begin. Now is when Yamamoto's free agency gets real. He had dinner with Steve Cohen over the weekend. He requested a meeting with the Yankees over the weekend. What does it all mean? We'll give you our best guess. Aaron Judge's personal hitting coach is working with Yankees top prospect Spencer Jones now. That's pretty good. Tyler Glass now out of the division. Matt Carpenter back on the market. Potentially the Yankees uh, thinking about reuniting there. And the Tommy DeVito era hits an unfortunate snag yesterday. We're happy to talk about that too. Thanks for joining us. On uh, the YouTube stream, Mondays, Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern. Uh, thanks for joining us. If you did join us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast, it's an exciting week in Yankeedom. The Yamamoto chase getting a little bit annoying, honestly, if they really do have to pay uh, 300, 320, 340 million for a guy who's never uh, pitched in the major leagues before. I get it. Believe me, I get it. I totally get it. But there definitely does come a point in time where it's like, all right, I don't know if this is a great investment anymore. It was at like 175. Oh my God. At 220? Oh, definitely. 330 plus? You got to outbid Steve Cohen? I don't know, folks, but we'll talk about the potential, of course. And Thomas Carinade joins me as always, and he's going to start us off with a special offer from uh, our friends yeah we have friends um what's up everybody thanks for tuning in uh vermont are you there is this thing on uh legal sports betting is coming to your state next month can you believe that um and in order to get you ready DraftKings is offering their best sign up offer for new users all you have to do is register for DraftKings, use our code yanks go yard and you will receive 200 in bonus bets on launch day best part no deposit required don't have to put a penny into the account. You just sign up, make that account, and you get those bonus bets. Registering with that code YanksGoYard not only gets you this fantastic bonus, but it also directly supports the podcast. Um, I know there are transplants up in Vermont, New York, New Jersey people, tri-state mm-hmm. area. You know you want to help us, so please do. This offer um, will not be available once sports betting officially goes live in Vermont, so make sure to take advantage while you can. Remember the code YanksGoYard. 
to claim your bonus bets. This offer is available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Vermont, the state of Vermont. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode descriptions for full terms of the offer. Um, two two cool things just pass along my timeline. Uh, mm-hmm. Billie Eilish wore a Chicago White Sox Jake Peavy jersey at SNL. I did not. She did. She did. If you watch The Good Nights, yeah, she looked great. Fucking awesome. Um, and then Starling Marte was um, grinding on his wife at the club. In a Billie Eilish jersey? Not in a Billie Eilish jersey, no. He was, <laughs> he was wearing a Jake Peavy jersey grinding. Everybody got that Peavy Sox jersey. It's, it's not even really a team that is the one I think of when I think of Jake Peavy, which is good for Billie Eilish. What do you think, Red Sox? No. Padres. Padres. Padres, shit, that's right. Cy Young oh, winner. He's been all over the place. Yeah, he ruled. Yeah, he was cool. Um, but yeah, Starling Marte uh, getting down in the club. Mets fans are ecstatic about his groin being healthy, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's my update for today. Well, um, shout out. Uh, yeah, shout out to everyone who joined us last week. We had a big show on Thursday. Shout out if you're here again today. We talked Yamamoto and it uh, felt like the Dodgers blew the Yankees offer away last week. Uh, but Yankees clearly still involved. Most insiders seem to agree. They are the current favorites by a nose at this point. Um, the favorite doesn't mean all that much, especially considering, as Jeff Passon said, the official offers have not been meted out yet. Uh, they're still apparently in the stage of just sort of pledging money to show they're serious, but the official offers have yet to drop. On the last show, we did ask, uh, we said that some recent negative reviews from a couple of months ago called us smug and dumb. And we said, yes. drop us a review. Um, just drop us a counteracting review that says we're not smug and we're not dumb. Look, we got a guy who listens to every show. Shout out to you. a guy. It's been a while since we shouted him out. He listens. He's been listening to every show for two years. And he continues to update his one-star review that claimed we are smug and dumb and that we revel in our own smugness and our dumbness. Rest assured, we're trying to get better, right? We want to do a good podcast. We definitely don't want to be perceived as smug and dumb. And he has insinuated that this criticism is not getting through to us. No, it definitely is. This is an opinionated show. Not everyone's going to agree with our opinions, but you're going to get opinions because that's what a podcast is. It's guys talking in front of a microphone, sharing their opinions. If you think that our smugness is targeting you directly, um, we apologize. Uh, We certainly want to reach out to our haters and say that uh, we are trying to create the best show that we possibly can. That said, this one-star review, which again comes from someone who has listened to every show for two full years, a completely inaccurate read of something that Thomas Carinate said. Quote, on the November 20th episode, the fellas were bemoaning the way in which the Yankees organization treats their fan base as an entity. Thomas summed up the fan experience by stating, yup, you're going to go and enjoy Yankee Stadium, and then it's right back on the street with all the trash right after the game. Hey, Tommy, people live in the area surrounding Yankee Stadium. Describing their community as trash is not likely to engender a ton of goodwill. Some might even interpret that statement as rather smug or pretentious. Just saying, yuck. Thanks for reaching out. First of all, you used the wrong your in your comment. Second, (laughs) uh, to toss something out with the trash is an expression, meaning to discard without giving it much thought. Trash, of course, is something you toss out disrespectfully. Thomas was saying the Yankees treat their fans similarly to the way that a person would treat trash. He was not implying that the area around Yankee Stadium is covered in trash and that after a game, the fans join trash as two things that are on the streets. And I think you know that. But as always... Continue listening, continue leaving us reviews. 
for another year. Hey, 2024, it's another fresh year. Uh, we'd love to hear some more reviews from you. And uh, did I waste too much time reading that review? I might have. No, it's great. You're my spokesperson now for any controversial uh, pop-ups like that. I don't. Well, I that's don't not what. Just just to be clear, that is not what you meant, right? You were not saying Correct. put fans from the stadium and then put them on the streets, which are disgustingly covered in trash. You were Correct. just saying uh, that trash is something unwanted, yes. and that the Yankees treat their fans as if their fans were trash. It's a pretty normal phrase. Yeah, and in the same breath, we were talking to our buddy Ken McGraw about the Yankees making like a little village community. Outside of just having the subway and McDonald's be right there, that was another thing we were discussing. Um, that's the community. I understand. It'd be nice if we had some other things to do around the stadium. I'm not saying it's trash, but I think we can upgrade. I think we have the money to upgrade, make something uh, a little bit nicer, more accommodating for you know kids, families, whatever, what have you. Uh, couples could be a little date night. I don't know, but yeah, I think. Um, in that same breath, we're, we're, we're in, we're in line for some upgrades yeah. somewhere. Look, we don't want to be smug. We sir, if you think we are dumb, we're probably not going to change your mind by talking more. Oh, That's I not dumb. how that works. Like there, there's no one's like, Hey, you guys are dumb. And then we like do an hour long podcast and they're like, I don't think you're dumb anymore. And I'll say, I think you're probably still going to be dumb. <laughs> yeah. you thought we were dumb at the start. You probably think we're dumb at the end. How politics works, right? You hear like one your you hear one of the most hated politicians, you're one of your most hated politicians say something. It's like, hey, you know what? I agree with that now. You yeah. flip me. You well, totally it's two it's it. two years. It's two years of reviewing it as you guys are smug and dumb. So I don't think that like one episode is gonna flip that perception. But we do thank no. you for your patronage. I mean, I listen to the Bill Absolutely. Simmons podcast uh twice a week and I hate Bill Simmons. So it's it's cool that we have we love you. We agree that we love you. We love yeah. having haters. Um, but let's talk about Yamamoto, who if the Yankees do sign him, uh the Yankees are gonna have some more haters because it's gonna be a big money deal, regardless of what Passon says about the offers being exchanged or not being exchanged. It's certainly going to cost money. Here's what we know, or at least what we think we know, because we believe aggregate reporting. Number one, Andy Martino, Bob Nightingale, uh, John Morosi, who Morosi had a tough week last week, but uh, they've all agreed over the weekend that the Yankees are the, are the slight favorites. Uh, Andy Martino said cautious optimism. Mm. What's most interesting about this chase to me is not, hey, can the Yankees outbid the crazy Mets or, you know, or the Red Sox or the Giants or these other rumored 300 plus million dollar offers, which Jim Bowden leaked over the weekend, but then said may or may not include the 50 million sent to his team for posting. So it might be 260 million plus the 50. It's exhausting. And I want it done because I don't want to start thinking about the cost benefit analysis of like, well, a 25 year old ace. Uh, you know, that doesn't hit the market very often. Got to pay that guy $300 million, even though he's never thrown a major league baseball. It's tough. If the Yankees get him and they, and we don't think it's going to stop them from spending in the future. Fantastic. If we do think the total is going to stop them from spending in the future, worrisome, especially with Juan Soto on the horizon. We both agreed on the last show that we would rather pay Soto long-term than pay Yamamoto. That said, here's where we are. Uh, the Yankees reportedly their offer, according to Martino, is expected to be lower than the Mets and Red Sox. But the Yankees clearly think they have an intangible edge. And also, we don't know the offers because, as Jeff Pazin said, yeah. real offers have not earnestly begun to flow yet. Uh, the Mets had a dinner meeting with Yamamoto on Saturday night. It seems Steve Cohen invited him over. Uh, it was an important meeting because at the initial Mets meeting and the flight to Japan and all that stuff, he didn't meet the pitching coach. He didn't meet Carlos Mendoza. So there's a real reason to get him in the room with Mets people. The Mets intend to pay him a lot of money, which it seems like they do. Then 
gotta meet gotta meet those guys you know you gotta meet the manager gotta meet the pitching coach gotta do it then it came out at a couple minutes honestly after it came out that he had dinner at steve cohen's house that the yankees were also having a meeting with him on potentially as soon as sunday uh somebody jogging ran into aaron judge justin diamond's sister wife uh, justin diamond on twitter uh she ran an aaron judge yesterday judges in new york people connecting dots people saying in the yamamoto meeting could be as soon as yesterday then andy martino said it was hastily constructed and everybody was like uh-oh hasty sounds like brian cashman panicked when he found out he was in town to meet the mets but then it came out via john Heyman that yamamoto himself requested the extra meeting with the yankees so it could be hastily planned. Because Yamamoto said, hey, by the way, I'm coming east and I want to meet with you tomorrow. Hasty doesn't mean Sunday morning. Oh, shit. Uh, hasty means they, they weren't planning on, you know, you, you know, you, you plan all you can before you know what the player wants. And then the player comes out and says, hey, I actually want to meet with you again. Then you got to pull it together. Uh, the Yankees met with him last night and he's on an airplane. Uh, no tracking the airplane, but he did. He, he took a picture with his agent on a plane, called him Super Joel. Because guess what? This guy's getting him paid. So the Yankees have been the favorites for plenty of people that they haven't signed. But to discount the Yankees as a serious entity, uh, it seems foolhardy. Uh, the Red Sox people are tweeting with a great degree of pessimism this morning. This is just before we went live on the show. I, I don't know. I don't know if he has ruled the Red Sox out. But I do know that Jared Carabas, who's been tweeting about Yamamoto for days, tweeted uh quote why don't i have crabs in front of me oh yeah he said it was nine percent optimism this morning then right after that said based on conversations since that tweet it would seem to be much lower then said when do we get started on the roki sasaki campaign i need something to believe in this is so depressing lou merloni who's also been banging the drum doing the hmm he's meeting with the mets here's why that's good for the red Sox, which is so crazy also said he's feeling a great degree of pessimism so Feeling like the Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, which is what it felt like last week before the Red Sox people started spreading that they thought they had a great shot. I don't know how you're feeling on this morning. I currently am excited, cautiously optimistic, uh, and a little bit conflicted if the price does continue to rise like crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. If I wasn't so dialed into baseball and I was – you know, a, a fan for a few years and, and just getting into everything on social media, I would think this guy is Jesus Yeah. with the way that his, he's being advertised his um, you know, the, the, every video about you know, with his pitches, you know, they're doing the overlays, they're doing mm -hmm. his bullpen sessions, they're doing, you know, his world baseball, like everything is being advertised here. So it's great work by his agent. Um, obviously he's cooperating, uh, all the right teams are involved in order for his uh, price tag to go up. Um, it's a secretive free agent chase, but it's not too secretive. There, there, there are enough nuggets out there for you to realize um, the biggest teams in the league are chasing him uh, and that he will have wide ranging. He has wide ranging interests over across any team that has a larger budget and needs someone in the starting rotation. What do I believe? Um, I don't care because there are no answers. There will not be any answers. I don't want to be one of these people on Twitter living and dying by every new bit of information that comes out. Well, I do. Smug. Yeah, I do, <laughs> I do like, hey, you guys can do whatever you want and I'll support it, but I don't want to do that. Um, how's that for smugness? Mm -hmm. I, um, 
I am confident, however, because the discourse surrounding the Yankees and Yamamoto has largely been consistent. The Mets have I know the Met, we we joked about that Martino thing the other day where it was like where are the Mets uh, the, the Mets thought uh, originally an afterthought are now back in the in the in the front lines for Yamamoto and it was like they always kind of were there but for a moment the Mets did seem like not that they were an afterthought but it 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 did seem Yankees Dodgers dominant for a week um, and I think that's just the natural flow of the reporting and the, and the rumors and probably what Yamamoto's representation is you know that, that that's what they're doing that's that's how they're pulling the strings they're making this a giant game life's a game folks don't you ever forget that um i do like how the yankees have largely been at the forefront for a long time um there's been a lot of chatter that they've been scouting him for years um they've been present at a lot of his starts now you have this second meeting you have his intrigue in the yankees um, you have the fact that the Dodgers invested 700 million in Shohei Otani and any team, regardless of worth and budget and whatever, would have a very difficult time adding two players for $1 billion in a single off season. Um, and thinking that that would be sufficient in improving your overall world series hopes. Um, I think that would make the Dodgers a very good team. I don't know if it would improve a lot of the roster issues they have. We'll get to Tyler Glass now in a second. And then you look at the Mets. Like, I'm not discounting the Mets, but the Mets need a lot more than Yamamoto at this point um, to field a competitive team. They got rid of a lot of their depth. A lot of the signings they made this offseason have been largely patchwork, uh, shorter-term deals just to – figure it out it, it seems like they are in a let's figure it out next year situation and see and um signing yamamoto wouldn't hurt them because it would allow them to plan ahead beyond 2024 and 2025 if that's indeed the plan mm-hmm. um but from yamamoto's standpoint you look at all these rosters and i feel the yankees are probably best positioned um after the moves they made this offseason and the fact that Um, they'll have some money coming off the books over the next few years to allow them to do a little bit more. Um, But yeah, I don't, I am not buying stock into any of this. It's all very much um, a ploy here, I think by uh, Yamamoto's representation and it's a genius ploy. This is exactly how you get what you want eventually. Um, And I, um, I, I am encouraged at least outside of Yamamoto the fact that the discourse surrounding the Yankees has largely been about uh, being aggressive uh, in free agency or the trade market. So whether or not they get Yamamoto, there's a plan to, quote, build a supercharged bullpen. Don't yeah. know what the hell that means, but that's, that's cool. Not happen. Um, and then they'll be in on um, the secondary starting pitching options if Yamamoto goes elsewhere. Um, to me, Yamamoto is anyone's game. He's not the Yankees to lose. We've said that a million times in this podcast. There was never predicting where he was going to go. Um, it's a big transition for him. Uh, so there's there was just no way to predict this. If we get him, great. If we don't, move on and make the next move. But um, the fact that the Yankees do seem to be in the front um, of the race here is encouraging. And I'll, and I'll take a little bit of stock in that because it's been consistent over the course of about a year now. I would be surprised if they get him and they overpay like crazy. I mean, we, we see, I would be surprised too. 
Yeah. yeah, we we see the comments basically saying, "Hey, three hundred million is a lot." You know, if we end the win the bidding and he ends up being a Yankee, are we going to feel like we won if we overpaid? I mean, there will definitely be discomfort if you see that total and it's three twenty, three forty. But I, based on what we heard yesterday, and the order of operations where the Mets fly him out and then he goes back to the Yankees, there's definitely a chance that he's like, "Hey, the Mets made me a crazy offer. I want to be a Yankee, but the Mets made me a crazy offer. I had to let you guys know." And then Brian Cashman takes that crazy offer back and says, yeah, we just can't do that. There's definitely a chance that happens. But I don't think, based on what we heard, the Yankees think they have an intangible edge here. They think they can bid less than teams like the Mets and Red Sox that are more desperate and have more holes to fill and get their man. There's a reason they think that. And they could be wrong. They could always be wrong. They could say, oh, my gosh, we invested a year in this guy. We thought we had a special relationship, and he chased the money. They might not be correct, but they seem to believe that they can come out on top here with that quote-unquote cautious optimism without blowing away the field. So I would be very surprised if we hear Yankee sign Yamamoto, it's 10 years, 340. But I wouldn't be that surprised if we hear it's nine years, 280, he loves the Yankees. Then I'd be like, well, hell yeah, very cool. As long as you don't let it stop you from doing something else. And Jim Bowden, I believe it was Jim Bowden at some point, reported that, hey, this could stretch to 12 13, 14 years. I am tired of this conversation. Uh, I'm definitely tired of waiting around. But if you told me the Yankees could do their typical AAV trick, what they did for DJ LeMahieu, and just stretch it out to 12 years, like I would, I would do that. You know, I, I don't really, huh. I, I wouldn't be terribly upset by that. I don't think, and I know this is a biased position. I'm well aware this is the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We are not hiding where we lean. I think the Red Sox benefit just as much from being in this conversation as they would have from signing him. I under, We're hearing a lot of like, it's a 25-year-old. They don't hit the open market very often. Like, if you're going to spend, you got to spend here. It kind of reminds me of those the people just touting the Mariners starters like Bryce Miller and Brian Wu just saying like, they got five years of control. That's infinitely valuable. It feels the same as people being like, he's 25, give him whatever he wants. Blank check. Like in a baseball sense, it just doesn't like, I I get what you're saying, but it's just sort of boilerplate. Like, is he young? Great. Pay him. Does he have a lot of control? Then they're valuable. Great. Like, I think, I think long, long, long AAV contract with some opt-outs makes a lot of sense. And I think it's a weird, it would be a weird player for the Red Sox to drop $320 million on. I get yeah. that he's young. I get that everybody in MLB is evaluated to be an ace. I totally get that. But it would be very odd for the Red Sox with a bunch of prospects and last place finish the last two years and some interesting pieces, but they, they added some veterans last year, Jansen and Turner, and they still finished under 500 for them to be like, we're going all out on, we're going all in on one guy. Like they're not, they're not one guy away. And uh, it would just be an, I think they just have as much benefit from just saying, Hey, we're serious. We're not kidding. We, we obviously offered him $300 million. We're not joking. And we'll offer that to several more people now than them actually landing him and then having to be like, Oh shit, we spent $300 million on one yeah. guy just to like make our fans happy. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly 
an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If the Dodgers aren't, in theory, one guy away, then the Red Sox are definitely not one guy away. Um, And it's weird because Red Sox fans... A lot. I'm, I'm not all Red Sox fans. I, I will. I will be a nice guy, and I won't. No, be smart. all all Red Sox fans. All not Sox all fans. Red Sox fans um, were like this, but there was a contingent who were essentially saying that Shohei Otani was a waste of money for them because they didn't yeah. need an extra DH. That um, it would have restricted their spending elsewhere. And it's just like, what do you mean, man? It's it's a really good baseball player, and if you have the money to pay for him. Um, then you do it. You put him alongside one of the other best players in the league and Rafael Devers. So I, uh, I don't know why there would be any difference in argument here. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, great player. A lot of money you're going to be spending. Also a guy in theory that is not going to turn you around tomorrow. Um, But yeah, as you were saying about the, you know, being 25 and hitting the open market and having five years of control or whatever, that argument has limitations because like, it doesn't matter how young you are. There's still the jury's still out on Yamamoto. hasn't thrown an MLB pitch yet. I think he's going to be good, but mm-hmm. to invest that much money in somebody who's yet to play here, that's a risk. Um, you got to be a rich team to do it. You got, if the sure. Mets are going to throw a blank check at him, it's because they can stomach anything. Yeah. And there, there is a chance that Yamamoto at fulfills all this promise and is an ace immediately. There's a chance that he put a lot of innings on his arm in Japan before the age of 25. And he comes here and, it battles with the after effects of that. We we Maybe. don't know. You have to be able to stomach it if you're going to do this. Yeah. Um, and in terms of five years of control, yeah, five years of control is great if the player is really good and developing properly. Five years of control, it it it, it yes, it has its value. It has its value for someone like the Rays. I guess we can talk about the Rays right now, really quickly before we get other stuff. Yeah. Um, the Rays value control, but they also identify the correct players that they're going to control for that long. Um, they got Ryan Pepio from the Dodgers, mm-hmm. um, as well as Johnny DeLuca in that Tyler Glass now, Manny Margot. God, thank God we didn't get Manny Margot. Yeah, um, shout- what a weird one. Like somebody we forget that I about want, that. Somebody I didn't want at all. Someone the rumor said LA didn't want either, but they had to bite that bullet to get Glass now to town. Uh, he goes to another smart team, which is very funny. I have no interest in Manny Margot, and I, I didn't then, and I don't now. It's a good lineup for him to be in, I will say, the Dodgers lineup. Dodgers and lineup. He'll, be a plat- he'll probably be a platooner. Like, they got a lot of outfielders. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, one year, $12 million for that. Uh, it might work for the Dodgers. wasn't going to work for the Yanks. Like, I don't 
we I, I the Alex Verdugo is one year ten million, and that's something where we're like, eh, I don't know, I just mm-hmm. don't know. Um, I think it's going to help, but it's not going to do. It's not. It's not making this team a World Series contender. But um, Dodgers need depth. They got depth. They had to pay for the depth. Um, but yeah, now you look at this deal with um, L.A. and Tampa, who are frequent trade partners, uh, likely due to Andrew Friedman's link to the. Uh, to the Rays organization. That's where he got his start as a top executive. And he's been with the Dodgers since like 2015. Um, The two sides have made many a deal, but you always raise your eyebrow when the Rays are acquiring somebody because they always acquire the right players. It might not make them world series contenders, but it makes them just good enough to eternally piss you off on a day-to-day basis during the regular season. And I think that's what we have in Ryan Pepio here. He's got five years of control left. Um, he looked really good last year. I know he battled some injury troubles, um, which limited his availability. But, man, when he was dialing up that changeup for the Dodgers, he looked really damn good. Now mm-hmm. the Rays are going to, you know, the Rays are going to run him into the ground as uh, over the course of the next however long it is. Um, and I would even argue, I would argue, and we can have an argument, no, don't argue. argue. No argument. That's that's bad Rocky content. Podcast argue. can't argue. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue they didn't really, they didn't really lose anything. Tyler Glass now has had two years where he's pitched 100 innings or more. Uh, his max is 120, which came last year. Um, Ryan Pepio obviously doesn't have that type of track record because he's mostly been in the minor leagues, but. Mm-hmm. His stuff plays in the major leagues. You'd have to assume that if he stays relatively healthy, he'll be able to reach that 140-inning mark. Um, And the Rays typically go deeper than that with younger starting pitchers. So um, Glasnow was not getting them to the World Series this year. They were not extending him after this year. And then you look at the deal for him. He's making – Glasnow is now making more money on an AAV basis than Carlos Rodon. So what do you think about that, folks? Um, the Rays essentially got rid of a of somebody who never really reached their potential. Like all this discourse that I'm seeing now, it's like Tyler Glass now is absolutely the guy that can get you to the World Series. He like, made the what? Dodgers unfair. Like that was the breaking point. They got Otani, sure, right. he's a great DH. But now they got Tyler Glass now, like MLB should break up the Dodgers. Uh, it's good. I mean, he's a good pitcher. I would take him on my team, but like I'm not relying on him to make – I'm not relying on him to make 20 starts. No, I don't know. They I, need I him. If they don't get him available for the playoffs, then it's a terrible acquisition. And they need yeah. to just pray that his injured month comes in July. Yeah. I mean, if you think Tyler Glass now is hot, then this is a great acquisition for your team. But People do. He might if be. You, if you think he's a durable starting pitcher, then we have a different conversation. But, yeah, Ryan Pepio, I don't know if you guys have watched him um a lot uh there's uh, there's admittedly um not a whole lot of footage on him but man looks like somebody looks like a guy who is just gonna fool the yankees like just i see them whiffing over that change up like it's like it's the easiest thing in the world for him yeah mlb pipeline said best change up in the minors when they were assessing him uh he did not get much of a chance in LA. I think he's their second best pitching prospect behind Bobby Miller before they got rid of him. Yeah. Emmett Sheehan got more run. Um, Pepio struggled with his control when they first called him up in 2022. I'm a big believer in him. And I think, you know, talk about years of control. I think it's very funny that everybody agrees that Bryce Miller and Brian Wu of the Mariners are the most attractive trade chips in baseball. Yeah. 
because they have five years of control. Um, and everybody's saying, well, you know, if you want them, you got to pay Jason Dominguez because, you know, five years of control. But Pepio is just a, you know, the foundation of a glass now trade that also involves money changing hands yeah. and, and many more and bad contracts changing hands and many more go like, I don't know. I don't think he was pro if that's the case, I don't think the control on him was properly valued. And I'm a bigger believer in him than the Mariners starters. Um, yeah. so I don't know. I'm I definitely think the Rays came out looking really good here. As always, and like we say, oh, the Yankees can't get rid of Glaber Torres because they're in Aaron Judge's prime and Garrett Cole's prime. They can't afford to make their offense worse during, you know, the 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 window's not closing, but it's beginning to shut, and those people are getting older. The Rays don't have a window. The Rays are the same team every year, no matter yeah. who's on them, and getting five years of Pepio is much more valuable for them than whatever one year of Glass now would bring, whether it's the miracle season where he passes 150 innings for the first time, or it's a typical Glass now season where he gives you 89 and you hope seven of them come in October. Yeah, and just think about it. Like like you said, he was probably the Dodgers' second-best pitching prospect behind Bobby Miller. I know there was a lot of conversation around um, a number of the other Dodgers guys, just to name a few. There's there Gavin Stone, there's Emmett Sheehan, there was um, uh, Albert. Yeah, uh, Michael Grove for a second there uh, before okay. he kind of he, he got knocked around at the MLB level. But look at that. The Rays offloaded $36 million in financial commitments. They got essentially the Dodgers' second-best pitching prospect, and then they added an outfielder um, in Johnny DeLuca, who actually had decent numbers in his mm -hmm. very short stint at the MLB level last year. So, yeah, man, you might think the Rays are tearing it down in theory, but nope, they are the same team that they always were. They are exactly who we thought they were. Yeah, and we, uh, once again, will let them off the hook. I, I just always, <laughs> I know whatever they're doing is probably going to work out for them. yes of course it just is um look at uh because what the dodgers trade the dodgers traded josiah gray and, and kiba ruiz for max scherzer and trey turner yeah you could argue that this is a very similar a somewhat similar package especially because of what of the circumstances here the rays needed to get rid of money they got rid of all of the money they needed to in players that were coming off the books and they didn't necessarily need to contend um, this next season and they got somebody who's like more major league ready than either of those guys were at the time and is going to seamlessly fit into the starting rotation alongside a number of other guys who are recovering and ready to go for 2024 yeah and I also just you know Trey Turner and Max Scherzer in the mid-season game when you're already like a clearly stacked roster yeah. like that was just as scary to me as what the Dodgers just did. Like, if that wasn't unfair, then I don't think this is unfair. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm a big believer in what the Rays got, as always. And we'll see them close to the top of the division or atop it once again, like we always do. It's now the, the Yankees, the, the burden's on the Yankees to catch up, as always. Do not count out the Rays because they traded glass now. Do not say, oh, the Yankees got Soto and the Rays traded away. Uh, from their rotation, Drew Rasmussen's hurt and Jeffrey Springs is hurt and they got all these Tommy John guys. I know. But until we actually see the Yankees pass the Rays in the standings, the burden's on the Yankees to catch up to the Rays. I'm yeah. not just going to be like, well, man, forget about the Rays this year. You know, man, pitchers hurt. They trade glass now. They're cutting money. I, I always believe in them. And uh, How many pitchers did they get have get hurt last year? They still won 100 games. Yeah, they had two, two lost two, three starters. If the Yankees lose two or three, you saw what happened when the Yankees lost two or three starters. The entire roster came crashing down. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, just do it better. And also stop complaining about people saying stuff's unfair. What is unfair? The, the CBA says you could defer as much money as possible. Players have fought against deferring money forever. Nobody gets deferred contracts because they don't want it. The, the, yeah. the value is, is, is less as the years go on. So if Shohei Otani wanted to defer most of his money to earn less, then sure. You know, you know how hard baseball is. You know how hard it is to win a World Series. Just because Shohei Otani deferred a bunch of his money doesn't mean the Dodgers are now a juggernaut. That's un- The Dodgers have been a juggernaut for a long time. They've averaged 103 wins for like the last five or six seasons. They won one World Series during a shortened season. They are the la- they are constantly like the laughing stock of regular baseball fans. Yeah, baseball fans love to laugh at them for choking. Now all of a sudden it's unfair because they got somebody they got two good players. I, I don't know. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You expected them to not try to get better after choking out of the playoffs last yeah. year and getting laughed at. Like this is we're Yankee fans. The Yankees made the ALCS in seventeen and nineteen and twenty. 20- and in 22 uh they got swept out by the astros and we were all like this is embarrassing what a low for the franchise get aaron judge you have to reload um that's where the dodgers are right now they got swept out of the nlds by the arizona diamondbacks they were down extremely bad they had a juggernaut roster that got killed and knocked out of the division series for the second straight year they've been focused on otani for two years and they got him they need pitching they got glass now and they're not done because they've been getting knocked out in the first round of the playoffs and laughed at. Like, if you didn't yeah. expect them to get better or try to get better, then I don't know what you were thinking. It's like if after last year for the Yankees, you as a Yankee fan were like, we shouldn't even try. We should, we, you know, we should, <laughs> we should run it back. We should just run it back. Like, if you expected the Dodgers to run it back and not go for it, then I don't know what you were expecting. They were getting giggled at for sucking when it mattered most. They ran Lance Lynn out in a game three of the DS. Like they need, they need pitching. Um, but I still think they came out on the wrong end of this trade and I'll maintain that. Yeah. Um, and also like they spent a lot of money on Shohei Otani, who is only a DH next year. And we have no idea what his future holds in pitching. I think he'll come back and pitch, but you just don't know. Second, second elbow surgery. It confirmed not Tommy John it's quote, has no name because it's so unique per his agent. Um, whatever, everything, everything fucking a secret with this dude, but yeah, I mean, so you're gonna, you're gonna say it's unfair yet. They potentially may have just paid the most money ever for a designated hitter. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what anyone's thinking anymore. Well, let's stay in the NL West, kind of, because uh, sure. former Yankee, beloved Yankees, bounced around a little bit this offseason. Mm. The Atlanta Braves, I, I still, I think somebody described their offseason as just bored today. I think, yeah. John, I think it was John Boy. He's like, the Braves are just bored. Like, they look, they also flamed out of the playoffs early last year. They know they're good. They, they don't really need to improve any areas of the roster. And they've already made several improvements, adding to the bullpen. You know, Joe Jimenez is there. They, they, they look good. Uh, they're doing good work, but now they're just adding other teams, burdensome contracts and then being like, we could trade them. We keep them. We cut them, whatever they add, uh, you know, David Fletcher. And then they take him off the roster. They add Max Stassi and they trade him to the white Sox. They had Evan white, and Marco Gonzalez, and they flip them. And then to get Padres reliever, Ray Kerr, they were the ones who took on Matt Carpenter's money quickly announced they were going to trade him. Because that's just what they're doing now. They're taking on bad money and then giving it away to other teams. 
like the Pirates getting Marco Gonzalez or, or whatnot, and the Angels getting White, and then more pieces coming in that trade. It's it's all very strange. It all just smacks of a team that knows they're good, and they're just like, we should do stuff though. It is fun to do stuff. Matt Carpenter, they could not find a trade partner for that money. So now Carpenter is out of the market, available for the veterans minimum. Uh, has never recaptured the glory of the summer of 2022 that he experienced with the Yankees. Probably won't again, but last year hit 176 in 188 at-bats, five homers, subtracted war from his team. Looked a lot like the Matt Carpenter who showed up cold in the middle of the 2022 playoffs rather than the one that the Yankees employed. Um, got people talking about a reunion today, though, now, because he does. He, you don't have to take him on with Juan Soto's contract anymore. He's basically free. You don't have to worry about fitting his money onto your roster. You could just have him at this point. Um, I think everyone's aligned on this, and so I'm not breaking the mold here when I say minor league contracts. Like, if he wants to come have a spring training, if he wants to talk to the instructors who really helped him, even though the hitting coaching staff is turned over in New York, like, yeah, fine, absolutely. If you want to come back to spring training and hang out and maybe go to Scranton or maybe you make the roster and maybe your your rebirth continues – uh, great, but committing to Carpenter or being like, we need him on this roster. He's the last bench piece. He's the, you know, the missing piece, the final fit that I don't see. Um, I think that, you know, if you get the wild card, if he really wants to be back, sure for free, fine. But I don't feel a need to carve out a bench role for him this year, unless he's just willing to float back, um, and take a shot on us. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, we need to get away from players like this. Um, we have a lot of DH candidates when you consider Aaron Judge, when you consider Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, um, if you're platooning, you know, Verdugo and and Trent Grisham and all that stuff. So um, we need. we also need to get younger. We need more athletes. Matt Carpenter kind of positionless. Um aging player uh similar profile swing and miss home run or nothing um the yankees need to to get beyond that love matt carpenter for what he did um it was a great flyer the yankees took uh and it worked out for a minute there really a shame that he suffered that foot injury because it would have been awesome to see what he could have done down the stretch stretching you just never know how the season could have transpired differently but Man, watching him come back for the playoffs when he wasn't ready was brutal. Um, good for him, though, because that little run with the Yankees earned him that money with the Padres. Padres soon found out that that was maybe perhaps a, a hasty investment. Um, when the Braves acquired him, it was very obvious they were not keeping him. I don't see where he fits in on that roster either. No, um, they admitted it. They're like, this is not yeah. for us. We're not doing this. Yeah. Okay, um, but yeah, shout out to Matt Carpenter. I love the guy. Um uh he he did he he did way more than he needed to as a member of the yankees um despite being kind of put in a bad position that uh he was he was pulling the weight on that team when when that team was kind of falling apart in uh 2022 or or starting to um so yeah he will not be coming back even if he is free the yankees need um the yankees need more athletes and even so like isn't their bench kind of figured out right now like sort of not yet not fully but like you have trent grisham you have oswald peraza you have oswaldo cabrera and then you have um backup nobody. catcher whoever that is or wells yeah obviously peraza peraza is probably staying i don't think cabrera is gonna stay 
Um, although I'd rather have Cabrera because you want to talk about defensive versatility. I think that's more valuable than someone who runs into a home run every once in a while, which Cabrera can also do when he's hitting the ball well. Um, yeah. He had an unfortunate campaign last year. I thought he was very impressive. His rookie season stepped up in the playoffs a number of times. Um, do I want to give up on him right now? No. Do I want to give him a front-facing uh, um, roster spot? Not exactly. It's a tough spot to be in. He's in no man's land right now, but I'd probably rather have him than Matt Carpenter. It's a better bench than last year. It just is. Um, they're, they're finally, like, if you end up with a top prospect in Peraza on the bench, probably starting two or three times a week, uh, that's good. That That's much better than last year when it was like, uh, IKF is there. He's also our center fielder. He's also our left fielder. He's our number one option at every position. Like, get real. That makes no sense. They have Trent Grisham as a fourth outfielder now. They have uh, a top prospect on the bench, a versatile option in Oswaldo Cabrera, who's no longer being penciled in as the starting left fielder, plus a backup catcher. That works for me. Uh, and good luck to Matt Carpenter. He was never the same. Uh, and him getting hurt uh, re-sank the Yankees team that was already sinking at that point in time, and him coming back to the playoffs is really sad, but we wish him well. Would have loved to have him full strength down the stretch. You never know. You simply never know, but they, he looked bad when he got back. Um, the Yankees still making uh, investments in their outfield moving forward. It's worth talking about this. This was a note that was uncovered by the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Shout out to them, another great Yankees podcast. If you're not listening, you should be. They had the mysterious teacher man on. Our comments love teacher man, so I'm glad that we're, we're talking about him today. Richard Shank is his name. He's an independent hitting coach. Uh, Aaron Judge has long gone to him. He helped Aaron Judge cut down on the strikeout rate. Rivals will say that he has not cut down on the strikeout rate, still strikes out too much. Um, sure, top five hitter in baseball, maybe top two, could be top one, uh, depending on how you feel about Otani. And the Yankees have hitting coaches, and I'm sure that the Yankees hitting coaches talk to Aaron Judge, but when he needs a fix, he goes to his own private instructor. And that's always been a little bit of an odd relationship, but it's also always worked. In uh, the book on it, the 62 book, that, that's Hoke, right? Yeah, Brian Hoke, uh, yeah. Yeah, Brian Hoke's book on 62 says that Judge flew Teacher Man into Detroit early in 2022 to help him. And, you know, they posted up at a local high school and he, like, fixed him in the batting cage. So that's something Aaron Judge does. Uh, the Yankees have another Aaron Judge clone in the minors. Spencer Jones, their first round pick from 2022, same height, same weight, same build, very unique. We've long said, oh, my gosh, like this could be a development nightmare in anybody else's system. But the Yankees have the Aaron Judge blueprint. So it's pretty great that they also happen to have the younger Aaron Judge, who may be the center fielder or left fielder of the future for them as well. As it turns out, they're following that blueprint to a T teacher man revealed on the show that spencer jones has also been working with him and he believes in jones quite a bit mm. uh i don't I, i'm i don't know if i can expect a big year out of jones last year was pretty good not great uh, ops under 800 definitely didn't tear the miners apart but had a very good season there are very few players like him in major or minor league baseball the yankees have one of them and he is following in that one's footsteps almost exactly so very, very encouraging drop that may have flown under the radar this week because of, again, everybody laser focused with cartoon eyeballs popping out of their head at the Yamamoto chase. Yeah. Um, funny, funny how we call him independent hitting coach. It's like the, this hitting coach is not affiliated with Trump or Biden. There where there is no – this is a nonpartisan hitting You're going to do, okay. do Bernie again? Yeah. <laughs> 99th percentile exit velocity. Yeah. <laughs> 
I do like this guy, though. I I mean, you want to talk about a hitting coach? Not what I pictured at all. He's Old apparently man. got a foul mouth. Like the, all the words Does are he? like, "Hey, this dude's uh, kind of a loose cannon." Like I guess that's why he doesn't work with a team because he's yeah. had bad bad people skills. But this is a smart man. Yeah, I mean, whatever whatever these guys are looking for in, in hitting advice, he's clearly delivering it. He mentioned uh, Kerry Carpenter was his other um, uh, hitting client. Um, Kerry Carpenter was a rookie for the Tigers last year. He hit 20 homers and 70 RBIs rookie season. Uh, pretty damn good for a guy on a team that's awful. The Tigers are terrible. Offense was uh, everything about the Tigers is terrible. The fact that they had somebody shine who was relatively unknown is, is remarkable. Um, he also mentioned that it was, he thought it was odd that no team has given him a ring at all about his his expertise or his insight or whatever. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what the deal is here. Um, I'm obviously glad for this man's existence. I hope whatever, whatever practices he's instilling in these players continues to, um, you know, materialize the way that it's been judge obviously is uh, like you said, however you view Otani great judge is probably the best all around hitter in my opinion, um, just based on what we've seen. Uh, over the even when he's like hobbled too, he's still producing like a maniac. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's cool that this guy exists. It's cool that he looks the way he does because it's the last thing I would picture in a hitting coach. But yeah, the fact that he's working with Spencer Do- Spencer Jones, Spencer Jones clearly needs um, um, not a tweak, but uh, if we want to talk about an expedited path to the major leagues um after last year there's going to be you know he, the, the, some fixes and, and adjustments need to be made this offseason to ensure um that he's on the right track in 2024 i guess on the surface couldn't think of a better guy to work with him good yeah. stuff let's complete that puzzle and we don't know but i think jones is, is supposedly a huge part of the future with the yankees everybody sort of agrees everybody agreed heading into last season like the hot take was hey this might be the yankees best prospect and then his season was fine you know, if you're a results-based guy, you definitely weren't looking. Your jaw wasn't on the floor. Like, Drew Thorpe stole the headlines because the numbers yeah. were just, like, eye-popping. And the pitchers stole the headlines because it was like, whoa, where did Chase Hampton come from? Where did Thorpe come from? And that's great. But Jones was supposed to be the guy who stole the narrative last year, and he was he was all right. You know, baseball's hard. He, he did his thing. He was okay. But uh, maybe next year is the year that he really takes that step forward after having the nearly 1,000 OPS in the 25 games uh, from the start of the, uh, you know, of his career in 2022. Um, anything else we want to fire off is we'll take questions, but obviously, uh, you know, a tough weekend for Italian Americans uh, yeah. or Italians or, you know, anyone from the New York areas, Tommy DeVito uh, came crashing down against the New Orleans Saints. And they, neither of us were expecting a New York Giants playoff berth. We are not insane, uh, but DeVito made some genuinely great throws in the Packers game that we went to and then uh, got donged on the head uh by a late hit as he tried to slide near halftime uh of the giants the giants were playing with an injured kicker which is not our recipe for success and devito gets targeted in the back of the head his head hits the turf and then he's terrible in the whole second half so draw your own conclusions there of course that wasn't a flag uh after a questionable flag was thrown earlier in the quarter on a hit that was less harsh than that one and less blindsidey and less targety uh because haha you can hit the funny italian man i guess and you won't get flagged uh but devito looked uh not well 
The blocking was bad. Line was terrible. Game was bad. Looked like a Saints game. Uh, Giants never play well in New Orleans. You and I know this, but I think this is probably the end of being able to just uh, pencil Tommy DeVito in for a fun weekend every weekend. This was uh, not fun. Yeah, I mean, look, we got the, still got the, what are there, three games left, four games left? How many games? Three games left, two against the Eagles. It's just, yeah. it's not fun for anybody. No, uh, we'll see, though. Um, it's been it's been a fun ride. Giants playoff hopes are dead now, though. Uh, yeah. That was a tough game that they were never winning that. If you're a Giants fan and you've been watching the Giants for um, the better part of 15, 20 years, you knew that they were just, they were never winning in New Orleans. It's not a place, it's not a place for the buttoned up G-men to go. New Orleans is a very creepy place. Um, the vibes are... The vibes are always wacky there, um, and to bring a to bring a buttoned up giant squad in there is is never uh, is never a good recipe for them. Um, yeah, terrible hit, like objectively roughing the passer. Never uh, the fact that they picked that flag up and have um, thrown. However, you know another offensive offsides. I don't know if you guys were watching on uh, Saturday, Broncos Lions. The man was not offsides. They called offensive offsides again for the second time in less than a week on a flag that we've never seen in our lives in our lives before. Been watching football literally my entire life since I was five years old. Going on 30 years now. Never seen that flag. We've seen it twice in six days. Um, don't know well, what's going on. Yeah, I mean, the, the flag got picked up because the objective announcing booth said, you know, he wasn't actually going for the head. He was going for the neck or the shoulder. So just because he dove at him with the crown of his helmet does not mean you got to flag him. And that you know that was real because the announcer was objective, didn't play for the Saints or Giants, definitely wasn't Saints all-pro linebacker Jonathan Vilma. So uh, very believable, even-handed uh, booth for that Giants-Saints game. And uh, they agreed no flag necessary. So I guess we got to hand it. To, I guess they're right. No flag. <laughs> uh what was it the if the yeah the, that's like the college rules though like if you lead with the head like that it's a penalty i'm pretty sure that they've like moved in that direction in the nfl too where if you're especially well, it's usually a defenseless receiver but um i don't know for quarterbacks that that's probably a rule that you got to enforce a little bit more strictly demonte um, kz of the steelers went at michael Pittman jr like launched him and banged him in the neck and uh, he got ejected from that game and suspended from the league this season, Draymond Green style, for being too dangerous. And that was a kind of bang-bang play, too. The DeVito play yeah. was much less bang-bang than that. Like, they were both diving for a ball that was – it was a deep pass, and it was over the middle, and those are always tough. Like, DeVito was in the open field running. He's sliding. When you slide, you can't – when you get – when you hit someone when they're sliding, it's a flag. Always. Doesn't matter if it's the head or neck or whatever. People keep flagging Patrick Mahomes when he gets shoved out of bounds. Yeah, that decided the AFC championship game last year. Yeah, guy touched on way to sideline was a penalty for hitting the quarterback late. And I, I got it at the time. I didn't love it, but it's like, yeah, don't hit him. And then this, you know, DeVito going to the ground gets donged in the back of the neck. And apparently we got to pick that up. Yeah, Tony Soprano's on the case, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. North, North Jersey. This is not New York. It's not, the Giants are stationed in North Jersey. So that's, that's yeah. who will be handling it. Frank Lautenberg is on the case. <laughs> Whoever that is. I don't know who that is. The man who's the caucus junction station is named. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. But we still, the the we still got the Yankees to look forward to, I guess. Uh, the Yankees could get inducted in the Italian-American Hall of Fame, just like your boy DeVito's agent, because they got Rizzo and they got a, at least a shot at Yamamoto, who uh, is, I guess, the bidding begins in earnest. 
today, which is crazy because we've been watching reported bids float by for weeks. But those bids were not real. Those bids were just initial floats so we could get to the real bids. And Real now. I am really tired of this long, long, long conversation. Yeah. And we, jo- we joke all the time about, like, having to – it's a common joke now, like, having two tweets in drafts for if you get someone and if you don't get someone. Like, oh, my God, excited. The Yamamoto era begins now. We got our ace. And then, like, too small, overpay, don't get it. Like, if you, you know, you go both directions – Honestly, that is how I feel with the Yamamoto thing. Like, it's not just an internet joke at this point. Genuinely, uh, you know, at the you know the comments asking how much of a threat do you think the Dodgers are? Weirdly, their momentum it feels like has slowed since last week. And if the Otani and Freeman and Betts meeting didn't cinch it, then maybe they're way below the money the Mets are offering, and maybe they had to get to that upper echelon where the Giants and Red Sox reportedly were to be considered. And maybe they can't because of Otani and Glassdown. And Otani still counts. 46 mil against the cap every year, not two mil. So monetarily tough for the Dodgers. Uh, There was all that stuff about him being a Dodgers fan, but weirdly I haven't heard anything about that in the week after the meeting either. Uh, My humble opinion, the Yankees are the slight favorites and have earned that status. Uh, But honestly, if they get him, I'll be excited. I am excited whenever somebody new and exciting joins the New York Yankees. But if they do not get him, I'm going to move on. And I would really love that this could get resolved pretty soon. Yeah, figure it out. But I guess the, we should mention the Yankees' backup plans, too. You, you mentioned them briefly, like the Super Bowl pen. Like, Ken Rosenthal, $20 million for Hater. Ken Rosenthal insinuates that they could either go to Jordan Montgomery, which that pitch is not going to go well. Oh, hey, Jordan, sorry we disrespected you and traded you right when your wife was starting her medical program. And sorry, I'm glad. Thanks for taking shots at us before the World Series. And we said <laughs> you didn't belong in a playoff rotation, but you fronted a World Series rotation. Anyway, want to be our number two? Like, want to be our backup plan? We made it very clear you're our backup plan now, but we lost out on our number one. So you want to be our you want to be our top choice? I don't think that pitch is going to go well. I think it's good that they're going to be aggressive no matter what, whether they get Yamamoto or not, that they can, you know, maybe go grab Montas, maybe go grab another bounce-back guy. Imanaga doesn't interest me that much, but sure. Uh, the fact that the idea that they would just pivot immediately to a Super Bowl pen and go pay Josh Hader a ton of money, go pay Jordan Hicks and Robert Stevenson. That sounds relatively unappealing. There aren't that many spots available in the bullpen and they are good at not paying relievers. So I would not want to go pay two power relievers. Um, But I do appreciate that they're going to remain aggressive in their search for pitching. What about we talked a couple episodes ago about maybe class a being on the block. Don't know. Um, This is not happening, but it's fun to think about Astros listening to trade offers for Framber Valdez. I, I don't know. I don't know what that would take. I don't know where they're going, um, but uh, that's a weird direction for the Astros to kind of pivot to, toward. Um, I don't know what the the deal is with that. Um, you look at, you know, the comments are mentioning um, uh, Dylan Cease. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, look, I think I'm kind of confident in anybody to become competent under, under Matt Blake, but um, I don't know if that's a proper – uh rotation adjustment or addition if you miss out on yamamoto um i simply just don't know i don't i don't know what it's going to look like if you're going after yamamoto it's clear that you want a juggernaut one two because that's what garrett cole and him would be and then you have the luxury of kind of bumping carlos rodon into the into the the depth background you know three four Mm -hmm. spot in the rotation maybe take some pressure off him and and get him to start cooking but um 
right now, I don't know what other options remain that are appealing. Shane Bieber, I would take. Um, I, I do you, can like. Can you him. put Class A in there though? Can you try to find a way Maybe. to put Class A in that tree? What would that take? What would that would that be like? Uh, well, the it, Cleveland's a great match for us. We're like in a different way than the Padres were a great match. Cleveland needs outfield power and has forever. So like Bieber for Everson Pereira makes sense. If you want to expand it, we can give you Maya. We can give you the kids, like the really young outfielders. We're probably not giving you Spencer Jones, but Bieber and Class A, we can talk about it. We can at least yeah. talk about it. Like, let's see. I mean, you're not giving – I don't think we're giving up for the farm for that. You're the, you got controllable closer and one guy who has – um one year of control. Bieber signed through 2024. That's it. I'm not I'm not a believer, but if they do miss out on Yamamoto and you can get him on the cheap, which I think you can, I would yeah. not mind doing that and Montas. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Yankees' top pro yeah. I mean, I don't think they're they're not parting with Spencer Jones or Dominguez. We know that. Pereira no. definitely, but I think his value's gone down a little bit. The the Guardians don't need pitching. They get pitching like it's nothing. No. So you're right, it'd have to be Maya and I don't know, but they take Vivas. Also, no laughing at Montas, by the way. Like, I, I don't want if, – if they Frankie? don't get Yamamoto and walk away with him as their big pitching acquisition, then sure, it, the optics are not good after what he did in New York. But I, I do think there's a lot of – they got absolutely nothing out of him. They got his shoulder fixed. I am a big believer that he could easily have a one-year bounce-back season. I wouldn't give him a long-term contract, but he's not going to get one. So who cares? That's like argu- arguing with a wall. Like – Oh man, I I wouldn't give Montas seven years. Okay, great. Well, he's gonna get one. Like, yeah. like oh, I wouldn't trade Jason Dominguez for Juan Soto. I'll tell you that much right now. Great, he wasn't on the table. You know, you're arguing with a fake guy you made up in your head. So yeah. that's where I'm at here. Yeah, and Josh Naylor's in some trade rumors. I don't really know why the, he was linked to. Um, I want to say maybe it was the Giants. I read something. Cubbies, Seattle, I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Then maybe that's where Ben Rice comes into the picture. Catcher, first baseman. I don't know. I I don't know. I just, I know for a fact it won't cost a whole lot to get a controllable closer, which they have little use for. If you're, you lose leverage when you're trading a position that is essentially obsolete for your roster. If the Guardians aren't contending for a playoff spot, they don't need a closer. Yeah. So it's just, it's it's an extra cost for them. They they sign him to an extension. It's better they get out of that money. I know a lot of it's team options and whatnot, but like you got to get some value for him. I get they can reject the team option and get out of it, but like why would you do that for someone who's really good? Um, closers are not going to cost you a ton on the trade market. One year of a rental in Bieber, who has um, was he injured last year, Bieber? Uh, he's a little bit like a glass was it the down, year like- before? He's he's just like bulky. I feel. Over the last few years, he's, he's just like not been entirely dirt. Let's see. What do I got? He made 21 yeah. starts last year. 128, 200 innings the year before. So he was fucking money the year before. Spectacular in 2022. Yeah. Um, best pitcher in baseball in 2019. 2021, he was injured. And last year he was yeah. injured. Genuine best pitcher in baseball in the short in 2020. Yeah. Really broke out. He's a, look, he's a good pitcher. He's very good. The stuff regressed last year. I didn't want to touch him at the trade deadline. I maintain that trading a lot of assets in like a distressed market, like just panicking and getting Shane Bieber is a mistake. But if you happen to get Shane Bieber today, right now, uh, for much less, I would be like, you know what? Nice. Nice to see you. Thanks for joining. Yeah. I like how the conversation just went. That was pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah we weren't expecting to talk about that. No, that was pretty good. Thanks, uh, well, thanks, thanks for showing up, everybody. Uh, another great stream. Uh, I see you guys touting the numbers, climbing as the show went on. I guess we can thank Fernando for that. But big numbers at the start, too. A lot of you all showed up early to, to chat Yankees. Uh, if you thought the show was smug and or very dumb, uh, please keep your feedback to yourself. But if you did think that we did a good job having an honest and balanced conversation about the New York Yankees today, um, I've, I, I do believe that the Yankees have earned the right to be slight favorites in the Yamamoto chase. That's as far as I'll go. But if you're counting them out, you're wrong. If you're guaranteeing him a roster spot, I think you're also wrong. But I think they have as good a shot as anyone, and I think we'll see where the offers net out. We should find out this week. We really should. God, this is insufferable um i am adam weinrib you can find me on twitter at adam weinrib uh we'll be back live on thursday two o'clock eastern probably that's gotta be the last show before yeah monday is christmas so uh we ain't going live on christmas i i wish we're going live for the feast of the seven fishes yeah we're going live uh when is i i'm not i'm actually half italian on my mother's okay. side too but we don't do that so when is that is that christmas eve yeah I guess I did know that. Um, but I will not be doing that. If you want to go live with Thomas, as he <laughs> does. Also, this is just an ignorant question. Like, it's seven different preparations of fish. So you get, like, smoked fish and then a branzino and then, what, like, fish wine? Like, what, so I learned seven in there? It's weird. It's fish I've never even made um, before. Uh, smelt. You ever hear of smelt? Smelt, I feel like that's a tiny one, right? Like yeah, it's like tiny. Like uh, it's like uh, I didn't. I never do it. Usually for me, it's like shrimp, um, shrimp calamari. Unquestionable. But shrimp and calamari are involved in it. But like we do other ones, like maybe crab or lobster. Um, what else is there? Um, there's another one. Oh, there's the bacala, the cod that you just have to fucking salt and water for three days. It's like insane and then there was one other one that i've never even thought of making before but um yeah usually it's first of all it's like never seven fully like to do full seven is crazy you're usually just supposed to do an odd number um but yeah that's the that's the tradition and that's your that's your meal and then you can eat meat at midnight which is some that's what the crazy people do when midnight strikes they put out the meat um, cause you're, you're not allowed to eat meat on the, on Christmas Eve for whatever reason, religious stuff. Weird. Um, very weird. Uh, not weird. Very cool. Actually. Good. <laughs> Religion is good. Um, well, yeah, we might go live for that. Probably won't though. We're definitely not going to go live on Christmas, but we will be live on Thursday. Uh, that's December 21st. And I think we might get a Yamamoto decision by then. Um, you think, and if we don't, I'm going to shake my fist at this guy. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner, but you can find Thomas where? It's right on the screen, but just tell everybody. Yeah, at Tommy's underscore takes. Um, hit us up. Give us a good review, please. Counteract our guy. Um, it's always a battle. Back. Life's a yeah. game. Yeah. You don't forget life's a game, everybody. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that. Uh, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Plenty of content there. We'll be going strong through the holidays, through the new year. Don't you forget it. Um, don't forget about DraftKings if you're in Vermont. You better not forget about that. Yanks Go Yard is the code. Um, Got to sign up before January 1st to get that offer. Um, Thursday will be our last podcast before the little break we got here. Um, it's been a pleasure in 2023. Uh, appreciate you guys. 2 p.m. Eastern live right here, and we'll see you. We'll scare up some pods if we need to for emergency purposes. But yes, come join us Thursday for a big farewell pre-Christmas, pre-holiday, pre-whatever you celebrate. 
Thanks for joining us. Community's only growing 2024 going to be a big one and not just because we have Juan Soto. Shout out to you all. Catch you on What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.